today on the Root Cause Medicine Podcast. And I remember saying, I'm going to film this. Just, I know it sounds cheesy, but I'm going to film this so I can look back at it one day because I'm going to get, I don't know when. Right now it feels like I'm never going to get better, but I'm going to film this and I'm going to watch it hopefully a year from now. It'll be a year in November already. I've been doing this for a year. It's taken me a year to get 75% better. And I look at it and my therapist was even like, I think you'll be discharged in October. And I was like, what? This is coming from someone who in December was suicidal ideation, about ready to check herself in, having multiple periods a month, sweat, not sleeping, not eating. And I just say that over and over again so people can realize what you can do in a year, how much can change truly in a year. Hello, hello. I'm your host for today, Dr. Carrie Jones. And I am so excited for you to hear the story of my friend, coach, and USA Network's biggest loser trainer, Erica Lugo, also known as Erica Fitlove. She has an amazing, inspiring story that she's gonna share with you today. And I know in some way it's gonna hit home when you hear her journey of weight gain, weight loss, major thyroid issues, stress, and mental health. She's real, she's raw, she's unapologetic, and she has a big, beautiful goal for helping all women not being heard in healthcare and struggling with their symptoms because she's lived it too. So listen up and get ready to learn a lot. Before we get started though, I wanna to talk to you about something that comes up pretty often on this podcast. And that of course, are supplements. There is a lot of confusion around supplements and you only wanna take the best quality that uses top tier certified manufacturers and most importantly, do third party independent testing to make sure what's on the label is in the capsule. That's why I've teamed up with New Ethics Formulations as their chief medical officer. The team already had a strong history in the supplement world, but started the company to really focus on bettering your health and helping to enhance your physique or performance goals. I'm excited to help them continue to focus on the endocrine system and hormones as it relates to glucose, thyroid, estrogen, and even your gut microbiome. Right now, you can get 20% off one order using code DRJONES20 at newethics.com. That's drjones20 at newethics.com today. Now, let's get on with the show. Erica, welcome to the Root Cause Medicine podcast. I am so excited to talk with you today because you have the most amazing story. You're the coolest badass chick. You run a business. You're a mom, a wife, and you're tall. And I love tall people because I'm tall too. I know. <laughs> I was so excited to meet you in real life because I was like, wow, she's actually like my, I think we're the same height, aren't yeah. we? Like 5'11". Five, five, it was kind of cool to see. Yeah, normally I'm the tallest one in the room. This was good. Yeah, same. Every time I see us all, a tall person, a tall woman who's killing it, I'm like, we're going to be friends. We have to be just from the tall aspect. <laughs> yeah. Today, we're going to get into, one, your story, because you have such a fascinating story, your passion and love for education, empowering women, training women, your own personal health history. And I think it's just really going to inspire a lot of people. Let's just open up with that. What brought you down this whole journey with your own health? all the way into America's Biggest Loser Trainer and where you're at now? That's a really broad question. I'm going to give you the really shortened version of it. My son just turned 13. I can't believe I have an actual 13-year-old and in middle school, which is just nuts. Connor was three years old, I think, when all this started happening. And he asked me to play on the floor with him. 
And at this point in my life, I was married. I was very overweight. My whole life, food has always just been a comfort thing. I've always struggled with my weight. I never learned about nutrition or fitness growing up. It just wasn't something we talked about. I grew up in a Mexican family. It was like, eat, drink, laugh, eat, drinks more. That's what we do. And my mom took the best care of us as she could with three girls. The easiest thing to do was, hey, if you had a bad day, let's go get an ice cream cone. Because back then it was 50 cents. Now today it's $10. But back then it was something that she could afford and it made us feel comforted and happy. When Connor was three, I found myself at that point just really overweight and just not a lot of energy. And he looked up at me and said, will you play with me? And I looked at him and I said, no. And something in me just was like, whoa, you just told your three-year-old you can't even play on the floor with him because you'd rather be up on this couch eating a box of Cheez-Its, watching some terrible reality show. I worked a nine to five. I was exhausted. I wasn't taking care of myself. Something in me just told me to pull out the scale in the bathroom, which I never did. And I get on that scale and it said 322 pounds. And I was like, holy smokes. I knew I was big. I'm 5'11", but I didn't know I was that big. I just remember Planet Fitness was doing a commercial. They were just coming to town in Dayton, Ohio, and it was a dollar down. And at that point, we were not well off and didn't have financial means. I was like, okay, a dollar down and nine bucks a month. You really can't say no to that. I signed up for Planet Fitness. I taught myself everything. I started watching people at the gym, how they moved with pit trainings is what I learned it was called or like boot kind of style and weightlifting. I just taught myself everything. And I remember tracking all of it on Instagram because my then husband's cousin was 12 years old and she's playing on this app and she was showing me and she's like, yeah, I have a thousand followers. I'm like, first off, what are followers? And she's like, oh, people who want to hang out or want to know what I'm doing. And I was like, I don't even know 10 people, but this is crazy, but okay. She said, it's basically like an app. You just share photos with your interests and people with similar interests will follow. I was like, okay, maybe I can use this for my own accountability for weight loss. I started tracking all of my work. And this is back, this is 10 years ago we're talking. Imagine 10 years ago when Instagram just started becoming a thing and I'm one of the only people posting videos of working out or I'm one of the only people posting side-by-side photos. This was all so new. Obviously, I got in at the right time. I started tracking my progress and then it just kept going and going. And there was a news article 10 years ago, I think we still had semi-newspapers, but Yahoo News, whatever. And the owner of Instagram back then said, yeah, Eric Lugo is one of our biggest wellness influencers because I was just the only one doing it back then. And I thought that was really cool. And I just started getting opportunities. The more weight I lost, I ended up losing 160 pounds. I got to be on the cover of Women's Health Magazine for America's Next Fitness Stars. That was cool. Multiple TV shows like Rachel Ray, The Today Show, Kelly Clarkson, Meredith Vieira had a show back in the day. Any talk show that was there, I was on it. And then I remember I felt really, really sick one day. And this is after I had lost a lot of weight. I was doing my own thing. I was transitioning from a full-time job to fitness because I was working in HR, believe it or not. That was actually my passion back then. And I just remember feeling really, really sick and not knowing what was going on with my body. I would get low-grade fevers all the time. I would feel so fatigued. I would be driving to Target and not remember where I was driving. I put my son's daycare pickup in my phone because I was scared I wasn't going to remember what time to pick him up. I would sleep forever. All these crazy things. I thought I was truly dying. I remember having my mom come over and help watch my son because I was a single mom at the time because I'd gotten divorced. I guess I missed over that. 
And I just felt so bad. And it took so long. It was doctors after doctors after doctors. And when I was on Women's Health Magazine, they were announcing the winner for America's Next Fitness Star. And I remember telling my mom, I don't know if I can fly to California. I don't, I can't make it. I can't even keep my eyes open. She's like, just get through it, get through it. I was dating someone at the time. And he even sent me Gatorades to my hotel because I was just so bad. And I remember telling the magazine, I know we're supposed to stay an extra day, but can you fly me home early? Because something's really wrong with me. When I get home, it was doctors after doctors. I was even sent to infectious disease control everywhere. And no doctor would believe me. They just said, oh, you're just, you're working out too much. Maybe you're not eating enough because I had lost all the weight. And obviously my doctor saw that. Oh, you're a single mom. Oh, you're running businesses. You're distressed. I just kept biting for myself. I'm like, no, this is not that. And then finally, I got diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus. Some doctor finally found out my Epstein-Barr titers were through the roof. And it just, the pieces started falling into place. Fast forward a couple years later, I'm starting to open my brand new fitness space that I had. I used to work out of a garage and it was stinky and gross and blah. I don't know how I built my brand but I did. I signed a lease on a beautiful new space. It was my dream space. I was going way outside my comfort zone, way outside my budget, but I was living on a prayer at that point. I invested all my savings into it. And two weeks after I signed my lease, I got into a really bad car accident. I actually passed out while I was driving. And I literally thought I was going to die. I remember my vision and my eyesight going. And I just said to myself, this is it, Erica. And then I woke up and some strangers pulling me out of my car. I completely totaled it. I ran into a picnic shelter. I was down a hill, up a hill, like you name it. And when they took me to see if I had any injuries and find out why I'm passing out while I'm driving, they found a small mass on the right side of my neck. And I remember the ENT saying, oh, yeah, you're healthy. 99% of the time it's benign. Don't worry about it. And I honestly wasn't worried about it. I was like, maybe it was my Epstein-Barr acting up or something. The day after Thanksgiving in 2018, I so much wasn't even worried about it that I had to have an alert on my phone remind me to go to my biopsy the next day because I was like, I'm not even worried about it. So it was the day after Thanksgiving 2018. My alarm goes off and I was like, oh shit, I need to go get that biopsy. I get the biopsy and the guy there is talking to me. Oh, I know who you are. You've been on magazines. And I heard you're opening up the studio and he's literally talking to me while he's got a big needle in my neck. And I was like, this is awkward. And he's like, okay, I'll be right back with your results. And I remember thinking like, whoa, you can tell me right now. And he was like, yeah, we can let you know right now. And I'm just like scrolling on Instagram, just like, oh, what am I gonna do for lunch? Not having a care in the world. And he comes back and his face was completely different. And he hands me this piece of paper and on the paper, it says stage two papillary thyroid cancer. And I still have this little piece of paper in my closet. I don't know why I hold on to it. And he even wrote spread and underlined it four times. And he was like, I'm so sorry to tell you, you have cancer. You're going to have to follow up with your doctor. And I just was like, like I had the heck. Yeah. Just everything just like stopped. I got in my car and I'm just bawling. I'm a single mom. I just started dating my now husband. We'd only been dating maybe six months. I just put all of my money into the studio, basically living paycheck to paycheck to afford that dream and to take care of my son and build my business. I mean, you get it. When you're building brands, it's like people think you've got money, but you don't have money. I was just terrified. Then I got a full thyroidectomy January 2019. I had to wait, what is that, November, December, three months-ish for the surgeon. That was awful, living with cancer over the holidays and trying to keep my life together while anticipating the surgery. 
full thyroidectomy. I have over, I think he said 30 lymph nodes or something crazy like that. They had spread in my body. And then I had radiation of March of 2019. And that was an awful experience too. Shortly after, literally, that was March of 2019. I am on Biggest Loser Campus in August of 2019. That whole year was like a blur. I think in June or July of that year, someone slid into my DMs and was like, oh my gosh, I love your page. We're doing this TV show. We're looking for a coach. I think you'd be a great fit. And I remember telling her, if it's anything like The Biggest Loser, I'm not going to do it. And she was like, well, it is, but listen to us, hear us out. Maybe you might be interested in it. And I was like, okay. And she told me it's a completely different approach from what it was before. It was a more of taking care of the whole person. They were going to have therapy sessions. They were going to have different ways of working out. It wasn't like grind, grind, grind. They were going to have the aftercare afterwards. It was more of taking care of the person as a whole. I was open to it. I had just gotten done with cancer surgery and radiation. And even the casting manager was like, man, how do you feel? Because if you get this job, you're going to have to have 14, 15, 16 hour days every day. Could you handle that? And I was like, yeah, I can handle it. Yes, I'm ready to go. And I got the job. And honestly, that whole year from January to December, because January was cancer surgery, March was radiation, June I was going to and from California for casting and interviews, August I got the job and I was in New Mexico, and then I didn't get done until December. That whole year was like, my body was literally running on adrenaline the whole time. My body was in a constant state of just fight, 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 and then COVID happened right after. Since COVID happened, I think my body especially that year of 2020, got the opportunity to rest because I couldn't do anything. And that's when shit started going downhill really fast for me because that was the first year living without a thyroid. And after running on adrenaline for a year and not having that pumping 24-7, my body just went haywire. And my Epstein-Barr flared up. I ended up getting COVID. My thyroid numbers were awful. We could never get them regulated. It was just like one thing after another, like boom, boom, boom. I started finally feeling better. And this is probably the thing I shouldn't have done. I decided to compete in 2021 because I was bored. And I was like, why the hell not? I think it's something natural when you have an Instagram following based off weight loss. People think that's the next step for you to do. I was bored and I was like, why the hell not? I ended up doing it. I crushed the competition. I got so damn little. You saw how tall I am. You're tall too. I think I got down to 150. And for me, that's tiny. My structure is very large. I was really thin. Coming off of it was not bad, but then I started to bulk for the next round because I was so addicted to competing. I loved it so much that I started to bulk for six or seven months. And that leads us up until last fall. And then out of nowhere, it was boom, a light switch just hit. My body couldn't handle it anymore. I had a true mental health breakdown anxiety, depression, intrusive thoughts, OCD tendencies. And this is coming from someone who's never had this stuff before. I was sweating the bed at night. I was having multiple periods a month. I started gaining even more weight, not changing my diet or my exercise. It was just anything and everything that could happen to me last fall happened. And at that time, my business partner, who you guys I'm sure are well aware of, is Vince Pitstick. We had just bought a health coaching company together. And I experienced this huge mental health breakdown to the point where I had an emergency plan of going being checked into a facility if I needed to. That's how bad it got. 
And here I am having bought this new company, dealing with my mental health, trying to raise a family, gain all these things just came crashing down. This past year has been a really big learning curve for me. I tried antidepressants. They didn't work for me. I know they save lives. I know people who are on them and I'm, I'm all for them, but they made me worse. I was at like the end of the rope and trying to heal myself, not only mentally, but physically, because I was dealing so bad with those mental issues, but I was also physically suffering really badly. Brain fog, body hurt, fatigue. I just couldn't remember anything. I couldn't lift up my arms. This past year has been a really big learning curve. I've been very fortunate where I have the resources <laughs> of people in the industry. And I think something just ignited a new passion in me that if I have all the resources in the world and I'm very fortunate to get help, and it was still hard for me to get better, what does that look like for other people? And I can almost cry a little bit because I've talked to so many women who look up to my page. I don't know if you've noticed my content has drastically changed just from fitness to women's wellness overall. And there's so many women who are like, I don't know where to start. I don't have access. I can't find resources. No one will talk to me. And I just remember laying in bed crying, being like, if I have money to <laughs> afford getting help, and I'm still going broke trying to get better, or it still takes me months to get in to see someone and figure these out. What are these women who don't have half those resources going through? And I remember telling my husband, I've got to change this. I don't know how I'm going to change this, but I need to change this. And I'm bawling because I'm like, I'm going to go to a mental facility, but maybe when I get better, I can do it. I just, things were all over the place. I'm finally at a place, thank God, where I'm mentally stable. It's taken me a long time. I'm feeling better physically. I'm, my cycle's regular again. I can sleep through the night. And that's all because of figuring out what was really, truly going on in my body versus just slapping a Band-Aid on it. That's a lot. I just threw a lot at you guys. <laughs> but that's my story in like a eight minutes stint. I apologize. But yeah. I know, first of all, this is the biggest reason that I had you on because I know this is your passion. Yeah. I've been following you on Instagram. I've known you and I know what you've been through. I know how much you were dismissed in the beginning and how much you've had to fight through. Yeah. And the resources that you have and have surrounded you and still... It has been the most ridiculous, unfair uphill battle. And I know women listening this whole time were nodding their head, like similar story or similar stress, similar issues. They're like, that's me, that's me, that's me. And I'm not getting help or answers or even just a little bit of validation. You know what? I know you don't feel good. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to help you figure it out. A lot of times it's that exactly what you said in the beginning. You're a single mom, or you've got little kids, or you're running a business. Life is hard right now. Just it's excuse after excuse after excuse. And I'm so glad you told your whole story because I know a lot of listeners are going to go, yeah, that's, uh, yep, absolutely. I can relate. And with this interview, I really want to help those who are listening. Where do they start? Where would somebody, even resources or not, where do you even start? Yeah. And for me, this has been such a huge learning curve for me. And I keep saying that word because again, I had so many resources and what I knew, the basics I knew, hormones, I know to a point, to an extent, all those things. And I was still so lost. And my husband, I'll never forget, went with me because when you were so mentally distraught, when I tell you I was suicidal, I didn't actively try, but I had suicidal ideation. And that was something new for me. I'd never experienced that. I get goosebumps saying that. When you experience that for the first time ever, you are terrified and you will try 
anything, anything to get better. I am literally the queen of all modalities. My husband went with me. The first thing I tried, obviously, because you're so lost with these feelings and this distraughtness and like, oh my God, am I going to do it? And then I was waking up physically anxious. The first thing that I did, obviously, you go to your PCP. You think that they have your back. And don't get me wrong, Western medicine saved my life with my thyroid cancer. They didn't really educate me enough to tell me what was going to happen afterwards because I wish I could have tried to save my thyroid if I could have or done something. But regardless, they saved my life to some degrees and I've seen them do it for my family. You go to your PCP because you think that that's what you need to do. You follow the process that we've been taught. I go to my PCP and within three minutes, that's all it took her for her hearing me talk. She's like, I'm going to give you some Zoloft. And I was like, okay, I have family members who are on it and it saved their life and they're doing better. Okay, I'll give it a go. And and I said, any side effects? Because I was, again, just so distraught. I was just, I needed help. And she says, oh, you might feel like you need to crawl out of your skin for a day or two, but you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. I started taking it. And keep in mind, before I started any medication, I was waking up physically anxious from the moment I woke up until I went to bed with no moments of a reprieve. I was shaking all day. It was just not good. I was looking for any help. Within three days is Olaft, literally pacing the kitchen floor with my head on my hands on my head going, I can't do this. I can't do this. It made me feel very manic and out of body. I sat in the shower and I had visions of hurting myself. And that's when I was like, nope, this is not me. At least I hope it's not me. And that I go to the doctor and I call the doctor and it took her four days to even get me in. After I explained to her that I was having suicidal ideation, she didn't even alert me to go to the ER. She was like, nope, you just get through it. Because they say antidepressants are hard the first two or three months, so just push through it. I finally make it through. And that day at the doctor's office, I kid you not, I wanted to literally cut my skin off. That's what I kept saying. It felt like insects were crawling on me. They take me off that medication. It was over Thanksgiving, which that Thanksgiving was awful. I just can't remember doing this with people around me like, I hope they don't notice. I hope they don't notice. They put me on Buspar. That didn't work. At that point, I had went to my doctor so often. And I even went to my gynecologist explaining to her like, mentally, I'm not okay. I'm having a couple periods a month and I'm sweating the bed. I know that this is not normal. I know what hormones can do. And I know something's off. And she was like, no, have you tried another antidepressant? She's like, you're too young to go through any of that stuff. And I was like, hmm. and keep in mind, I, again, I've known Dutch tests for a very long time. I've gotten a Dutch test. I'm awaiting my Dutch test results. I think they came in one or two days before my appointment and my hormones were tanked. But my husband was like, go to your doctor and talk to her too, just so everyone's on the same page. Get your team together is what he was saying. And I know that my hormones are off and she doesn't believe me. I left crying. My husband was like, maybe we need to go see a psychiatrist. I said, you need to come with me. You understand how dismissive these people are being with me because he didn't get it. He's a white man. God love him, but he's a white man. And they, if white men had half the problem women do, like shit would be figured out real quick. I said, you need to go with me to understand how hard this is. He goes with me and he explains to her, because I'm sobbing, I can't keep myself together. And he's like, she tried a couple antidepressants. They didn't work. She bought the gene site test that you guys told her to buy and those stuff that was in the green did not work for her. What are we going to do? She's like, well, those drugs are like playing Russian roulette. We got to see what sticks to the wall. We're going to give her another one. And he was like, okay, cool. But these last ones were making her have have major mood swings really bad. Like She couldn't even drive because I was scared she was going to run into a wall. She's like, oh, okay, then we'll give her a mood stabilizer. And he was like, okay, but that doesn't help her sleep issue. She's not sleeping. Oh, we'll give her something to sleep. 
He's like, well, she's extremely nauseous. She's thrown up every day and she can't eat. Oh, we'll give her something. He was like, you're going to give my wife four pills within 30 minutes of sitting here without asking anything else about her. He took my hand. He's like, we're leaving. And we left because he was like, I can't believe that. That's insane. I started diving into everything on my own. I started researching heavily for myself. I started advocating. And what I mean is one statistic I found was the most prescribed antidepressants are to women who are in the perimenopausal and menopausal age. And I was like, whoa, I know I'm not quote unquote crazy. I know there's not something mentally wrong with me. I feel like this is internally something's going on. I kept bringing it to my doctors. They wouldn't do anything. Finally, I was like, you know what? I'm paying for my own coach. I even paid for my own T4E coach. I remember reaching out to you with my Dutch test results. I was reaching out to everyone because I was like, I know I'm not crazy. This is not normal. And I just started digging into every modality that you can think of. I did EMDR. I did neurofeedback. I did brain spotting. I did somatic therapy. I did cold plant. All the things that you can think of, I invested in myself. And when I say I felt like I went broke, I went broke trying to fix myself. And that's what makes me sad for people who don't have those resources and the funds to do that. The biggest thing was reaching out to my functional coach and with you and working with the hormones on the Dutch test and getting that test done. And then doing one thing at a time. I got on HRT. I started progesterone. I take 150 milligrams of trochee every night, dissolves in my mouth. When I got prescribed that and I was doing research on progesterone and I realized my progesterone was super low, that was like a little glimmer of hope for me. And I was counting, I was tracking on my phone, where's FedEx, where's FedEx? Because I was so bad that I was like, okay, if this helps me even a little bit, I will be so thankful. I would say probably about five or six weeks after I started progesterone is when I started to turn a page a little bit. I was able to sleep a little bit better. I was able to get those, log those hours under my belt to get rest and feel better. And then my mood swings started to lessen in severity. And then I didn't have so much physical anxiety. When I was able to have a little bit of relief, a like little bit of relief, then it was like, okay, now we can tackle my thyroid numbers. And when I went to my endo, gosh, my endo retired and his nurse took over and she sat there. I was like, I'm on 175 level and it's not doing anything. And I'm feeling all these crazy things. I'm a thyroid cancer patient. I understand and I know the signs. And she looked at me and goes, well, what do you think if like, we cut it in half? And I was like, you're the doctor and you're asking me? And she was being serious. And she was like, yeah, do you think we should maybe give it a go? And I was like, mm, red flag. Again, my numbers looked optimal to them, but they weren't optimal. <laughs> my TSH was insane off the charts high. Even Vince and Megan, all the people we worked with was like, I have never seen a number this high, but my T3 was so low. We were like, what the hell is going on? And it took a long time to balance. And one thing I loved about Megan and she works with us is she said, sometimes living well means living through science. And I didn't want to have to go on a different medication. I didn't want to have to keep adding things. And she's like, you're going to have to add T3. It's not my favorite thing, but you're going to have to do it. Living well means living through science. We added T3 to help. The progesterone helped. And I just started slowly getting better. EMDR was an amazing thing for me. Somatics was life-changing so much that I'm actually flying to Texas at the end of next month to finish my accreditation course because I want to help women with it. And I just had to take charge of myself. And it took a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and patience. And I understand not everyone can do that when you're not in that mental state. But the biggest thing I can say is ask for a lot of help. I actually asked family to stay with me for a week 
because I didn't feel safe by myself. But I knew if I went to a mental hospital, I was just going to be put on a lot of medicine that I didn't know how my body was going to respond because it already wasn't good. I asked family to stay with me for a week, my father-in-law, my friend, my mother, because I was like, if I can just keep giving myself some time and patience to work on these things, I will eventually get there. Now, if you're in an emergency situation, that's different. I was close, but I wasn't there. But really just fighting nonstop. And I still fight to this day. And just because I fix one thing, there's so many different things that were wrong in my body over time that I'm not naive to realize you have to take one thing at a time. I tell my clients, I said, we have all these amazing things, but it's like a tool belt. And when you have instructions to put a table together, that instruction says you have to use the hammer at this time. You got to use the wrench at this time because if you don't use them in order, it's going to fuck shit up more. Sorry for cussing. These women come to me and they're like, oh, I want it. I've heard of this and this and this. And I'm doing all of it. I'm like, those are great things, but you can only use them at specific times when it's suited right for you. Like when you put the table together or it's just going to fall apart again. I've had to learn that the hard way and really be patient with like, okay, we tackled the progesterone. Now, right now we're working on my thyroid again. And then after that, we're working on my Epstein bar. And then we're working on my auto, my overactive immune. It's one thing after another, and it's a really long marathon. That's what people have to realize. But in the end, it's 100%, 100 million percent worth it. And I think saying that it's a long marathon is such a good reality check because our society, rightfully so, we're so accustomed to quick. Super quick. Sometimes I can get on Amazon and it's like, oh, it'll be there in three hours. I'm like, how? Yeah. How? Drone? Jeez. Okay. And then I get mad if something takes two days. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm one of them. Yeah. And that's what I was. I'd always been the person. I have zero patience. It's not my <laughs> fault whatsoever. This was really hard for me because I'm used to fixing myself and fixing others. And when it's so out of your control, to the point where you don't know if you're going to be able to live the next year. But I look back and I remember crying to my therapist and I took videos at, and I shared them on Instagram because I took videos of me crying after therapy one day because I was so bad mentally and physically. And I remember saying, I'm going to film this. Just, I know it sounds cheesy, but I'm going to film this so I can look back at it one day because I'm going to get, I don't know when, right now it feels like I'm never going to get better, but I'm going to film this and I'm going to watch it hopefully a year from now, it'll be a year in November already. I've been doing this for a year. It's taken me a year to get 75% better. And I look at it and my therapist was even like, I think you'll be discharged in October. And I was like, what? This is coming from someone who in December was suicidal ideation, about ready to check herself in, having multiple periods a month, sweat, not sleeping, not eating. And I just say that over and over again so people can realize what you can do in a year, how much can change truly in a year. Absolutely. With the work and the guidance and everything. Yeah. And as you said it earlier, repeatedly standing up for yourself, even when it's hard, mm -hmm. it's your body and you know what you're going through and what you're living through. And to not allow that to be squashed or dismissed or brushed off because You've lived in it since the day you were born. You know what feels right and what feels wrong. Yeah, I did everything. And one story I forgot to say is I went to, this is when I changed PCPs. When your body is going through so much, I'm sure you've talked to clients who are probably similar. There was even, I think January, February of this year, I thought I had MS or like heaven forbid, ALS. And you start going down that rabbit hole because I was having tingling in my hands and my feet. My limbs were super heavy and felt numb. And I just felt super off and brain fog was terrible. I couldn't put together sentences. 
And I remember going to my doctor and I was so just dedicated at this point. I was like, I know you won't want me to do this. I said, but I need you to write me a script to go get an MRI because we just need to rule this out. You won't listen to me and we just need to rule this out so we can move forward from this because something's going on in my body and I don't know what it is. And he said, I need you to stop advocating so hard for yourself because if you go looking for trouble, you're going to find trouble. And I was like, excuse me? You're done. Yeah. He said, if I do this, you are going to find something and it'll probably be benign, but it's going to open up a whole can of worms. And I looked at him, if there's something there, don't you think if it's benign or not, we should probably see what it is? At that point, I left that office. Obviously, they were like, come back in four weeks. And I was like, I'm never coming back. And I found a doctor. And this is what's sad is a membership-based doctor. They don't do insurance. They don't do anything. It's 49 bucks a month for me. And I can go in, I can have an hour and a half with this doctor and no insurance is involved. They run tests in-house. It's 10 bucks for thyroid tests and I don't have to really beg for it. He'll run whatever I want him to run. He's open to it. And I told him what was going on. He's like, I can write your script right now. We can send you to ProScan and for 350 bucks, we can get you a full body MRI. And I was like, let's go for it. And that's what's sad to me, Gary, is you have to pay so much just to get people to listen to you. And even then it can be hard. Oh, it's absolutely frustrating. One of the things I want to go back to, because I know it's going to get asked, is Semetics. Would you explain what that is? Because I'm seeing it a little bit more in social media, and it makes me so happy because it can really work wonders, especially for women, and I want them to know what this resource is. Semetics is, I explain it as being more releasing things in your body that no longer serve you. There's a really good book, The Body Keeps the Score. I'm sure you might have read it. For me, when I started therapy, one of the biggest red flags for me was I had no childhood memories. So I would go in and I was so deeply depressed and the suicidal ideation and anxiety. And I was like, where does this come from? I remember telling my therapist, how does this all of a sudden come on? I've never dealt with this. And she goes, you've basically been a shaking Coke bottle for the last 36 years and your top just blew off. And I said, but I don't feel like I had a traumatic childhood. I don't feel like I had this. And she was like, do you remember any of it? And I said, no. And she goes, that's a red flag. She goes, your brain was meant to protect you. And to protect you, you had to dissociate. She's like, you went through all of your childhood just dissociating for your brain to keep you safe. That's what your brain is protected to do. And how it decides to do its job, it doesn't matter. It's going to do whatever it thinks it's best for you. Your memories have been repressed for so long, for 36 years, that they're finally, something just triggered it, whether it had been the Zoloft, or the high stress I was under, or paramedic, whatever. Something just triggered all those memories to come back and just like need to be dealt with. We did EMDR, which I love, and I can explain that. But then I started looking into other things because I loved fitness so much, and I still do. That's what my brand's built on. Them. I was like, if I can move my body with movements and breath work and get that feeling of movement again, and help my body release whatever is in my body, I'm going to do it. Somatics is anxiety, depression, trauma, anger, sadness, whatever feelings you have, your body keeps a score of that. And it's stuck in your body until you can release it. My first appointment was like the basics of into somatics. She comes to my house once a week. And then the second or third one, I don't remember what it was. She's like, okay, we're going to really start working on your hips. And I was like, okay, I got this because I remember searching a lot of traumas in your hips. We're doing all these movements and I'm like, nope, don't feel anything. She's like, good. I'm like, yep, don't feel anything. And then I'll never forget. It was one movement. I'm sitting down. My legs are straight. And she's like, okay, I need you to breathe this way while flexing your heel and moving your leg out while it's lifted off the ground and then doing this and breathing this way. And after three rounds, I just started crying. And I was so emotional and my body started to shake. And I was like, is this normal? She was like, 
yes, this is normal. This is what we need. This is what we are working towards. There's very specific movements that you can do slowly. A very popular one that's super trendy on Instagram is like laying on your back, feet on the ground, your knees are bent, bringing your heels together and then bringing your knees out and then holding it and bringing it up for 15, 20 seconds, holding it. And then you'll start seeing your legs shake like this. And then you want to put your feet just flat on the ground and just let your body shake and convulse and do whatever it needs to do. It's basically just movement. If you're angry or sad, moving your body in a way that allows that energy to flow through your body and get it out. It's very, very fascinating. When I finished my certification in September, I literally have to go through an hour and a half breathwork session. And seeing these hour and a half breathwork sessions, there are people that lay on the ground and their body just convulses or slams their arms because like their inner child is so mad and just wants to be heard and seen and, and it's letting all of that go. I'm super, super excited to start offering it to people because it's just something that A, not a lot of people know about. B, financially, I think I pay 175 bucks a session. That's a lot of money. People don't have access to that. I want to make it affordable for people and I want to educate people. And I told my husband, I was like, I don't care. If I just need to write a course that's $5.99, I'll write a course for $5.99. Whatever I can do to help people get access to this, I'm willing to do. I'm super, super excited about it. Speaking of which, when somebody comes to you or your team for the first time, obviously we've gotten this far into the podcast. I think people have a really pretty good grip on the passion, the emotion, the history, the education that you have with all of this. But what can they expect? Because a lot of women are probably really scared. They've probably had a lot of experiences similar to yours. Yeah. Where they're like, I've tried six doctors. I've tried a coach. I've tried this. I've tried that. And it's just not working. And given all this, with if when they, what is your approach to handling anything that walks through your door or shows up on your Zoom call? I'm very honest and transparent with anyone. I will even jump on sales calls or consultation calls because I just want to understand what people are going through. And I'm very honest. I say, this is not Aladdin. This is not going to be a magical carpet ride. You can go Google functional medicine doctor or hormone replacement therapy clinic around you. And I guarantee you'll find 15, 20 right off the bat. There is no shortage of that. It's very trendy. It's very buzzy right now. I said, it's going to be a lot of hard work and we're not going to be any different than what you probably already have seen. We're going to obviously make sure we get a standard baseline of what your hormones are, what your gut health is, things like that, that standard protocol. And we're going to provide you with a nutrition, a movement, a lifestyle, and a supplementation if that's something that we think you need. But what makes us a little bit different because you can't be quote unquote different in the functional world. At least I don't think so because we all have the end goal. We all have the same tests. We all have the same knowledge. It's just who you build that rapport with. Now I'm, I don't know if you are too, but I'm starting to see some functional doctors now put down functional medicine and be like, oh, we do a test that they don't do. And those functional doctors don't get to the root cause. They think they do, but they really don't. I'm like, oh, here we go again. But for me and T4E, things like the somatics, our next hire is going to be an actual therapist. I'm going to be leading somatics. I want an EMDR specialist on here. I want me to be the somatic specialist on here. I want sound bowl healing. I want all these different modalities because again, when I remember crying to my husband being like, why is this the way that it is, especially for women? And I can get emotional talking about it now because I struggled so hard. I don't want that for other women. I want them to have a place. And I, oh, I'm getting emotional because it was so hard, Carrie. I didn't think I was going to live until this year. And I was like, I just need a place for women to A, feel safe, B, feel heard, 
and see to have all the approaches, not just here's your food, here's your movement, here's your supplementation based off your lab work and your symptoms, but here's the other things to help you as a woman heal. Because if you don't fix the way you think and the way you feel about yourself, these other things are just going to keep popping up. I don't think there's a lot of functional places that do all of that. The somatics and sound bowl, and I want to offer that. And I want to offer it. And unfortunately, coaching and functional medicine is not cheap because we understand the education that we have to go through is also not cheap. <laughs> and the time and investment we put into educating ourselves for our clients is not cheap. Yes, there is a price tag. But for me, if I had to put a number on all the modalities that I've tried through therapy, because my insurance wouldn't cover it. I was going to therapy twice a week at $150 every time. Plus on top of that, I was doing OCD therapy, which was $210. And then my somatics therapy was $175. I was doing four sessions a week just to maintain, to get myself on a good baseline. What is that? $600 a week? Who can do that? Not a lot of people can do that. I was doing that plus all the other functional stuff. If I look at it, I probably spent close to twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 just to get myself back to where I have. And when I say I've gone through a lot of funds, I've gone through a lot of funds and I don't want women to do that. I'm just so passionate about it. Whatever way I can make it happen, I'm going to make it happen. But that is my vision for T4E. And that's why I'm getting certified for somatics and bringing on the EMDR specialist so we can start offering these things. Now, obviously, quote unquote, we can't do it in a clinical setting because of licensing by state to state, but we can sell courses and we can do group work and things like that. That's how we'll get around that. But that's what I want to offer. And that is 100%, 100 million percent. Like I said earlier, why I had you on the podcast? Because this is what women need to hear. We have amazing guests on the Root Cause Medicine podcast. And your story will resonate resonate so much that I thought immediately, I was like, Erica has to come on. One, from everything you've been through, I don't wish that on anyone, not anyone, but the outcome and the passion that you have and the vision you have for women and women's health. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Amen to that. I'm right behind you. With that, tell everyone all the places they can find you. First of all, follow her on Instagram. Oh my gosh. You think she's real and raw here? She is 100% herself on Instagram and it's really good. I don't know. The Insta gods, I say it all the time, healing on a real level and being honest with people and educating people doesn't sell as much as quick fixes and glamorized hit trainings and all this crazy stuff. But I'm finally coming around that side again where Instagram's starting to favor me again and I'm growing again. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. People are waking up. And also I've seen a lot of people have just told me they really appreciate the new content that I'm creating. And I had to, I know this is a where to find me, but this is a side story. But you have a really hard conversation with myself because I'm known as Eric Lugo, biggest loser trainer and weight loss queen and all these things. And that was my brand for so long and it served me so well and I'm so blessed and thankful. But I had to have a hard conversation with my husband and my agents because I said, I thought it was the depression talking for a little while until I realized it just wasn't my passion anymore. It didn't fuel me anymore. Coming up with fun hit workouts wasn't driving me to make content every day. And that means my main revenue source, which was my app, had to go on the wayside and not be marketed as much because my content's not fitness anymore. My brand deals are not like Planet Fitness and Nordic Track anymore. Things have shifted in a lot, but the feedback I get from people has been really good. It makes me feel like I'm on the right track, like fulfilling my passion, whatever makes me happy. I think people can see that right now. But you can find me at Erica Fit Love on Instagram and on Facebook and then ericafitlove.com too.
Amazing. Fantastic. Erica, as usual, I am beyond thrilled and honored that you came on today to share your whole story and be a part of the podcast. And I just really appreciate it. And I know the listeners appreciate it. Everyone, we will put her information in the show notes. Go follow her on Instagram right now at Erica Fit Love. And again, from the bottom of my heart, just thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you. I promise I don't cry all the time, but it's okay. You got me. Hey, the body keeps score. You got to let it out when it comes, right? <laughs> I know, right? I love it. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate it. my goodness. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask before you go. If you love today's conversation, would you mind leaving us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now? My whole goal is education. So positive reviews are actually the number one thing that help new people discover the show. You're amazing. I so appreciate it. And I'll catch you on the next episode.